0: The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings, who are entirely responsible for its content. Sorry, guys, you are on your own.
1: This is the Federal Football Report, a weekly wrap-up of all things burgundy and gold. The Federal Football Report on Federal News Radio. Here are your hosts, Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings.
2: It's week three of the Federal Football Report on Federal News Network and anywhere where you get your fine podcast. I'm Claude Jennings. Uh, he's Kevin Stanfield. In our virtual remote studios, I've got this little headset mic thing. It's not my expensive sports broadcaster's mic. It's, you know, right, one of right. my computer mics or whatever. Uh, Kevin Stanfield's here, and we're going to talk burgundy and gold, uh, as always, uh, after a 37-3 to 3 loss uh, to the Buffalo Bills. Um, Kevin... You know, here's the thing. I mean, there are plenty of things to be upset about, but I'm really not that upset, okay? I'll be, I'm really not that. So we can start with the team's overall performance. I'm not really that upset. When I looked at the schedule and I looked at this game against Buffalo, I chalked it up as a loss anyway. I knew they would lose and I thought it would be right about this bad. This is exactly what I thought would happen. I I thought that they would beat the Cardinals. I figured they'd they they it, I, I thought it would be a toss up against the Broncos simply because I figured Sean Payton would get some things correct there in Denver and man uh, they got a long way to go as that drumming by it was a college score against my against the Dolphins yeah uh, they,
3: yeah
2: yeah uh, yesterday uh, but today uh, being Monday but yeah I'm, I'm not I'm not shocked this is exactly what I thought would happen we can get mad about uh, you know well you know Sam Howell made a bunch of dumb mistakes. This is his second year, and last year he played – the only game he played was a meaningless game at the end of the year in, uh, against Dallas at home, cold and rainy. Of course he made mistakes. This is his – for all intents and purposes, it's, this is his rookie year. I'm not mad at all. I understand. I saw what happened. I saw this coming, um, and and I almost felt good about the fact that I can still, uh, you know, can uh, predict some of these things happening. And I'm not totally <laughs> – like, you know what, I'm glad this happened because now I don't look like an idiot. I'm, <laughs> I'm not shocked by what happened, Kevin. Are you?
3: Well, uh, well, first of all, let's throw this out, throw this out there that we got to apologize for our listening audience because of technical difficulties, traveling, you being the worldwide uh, journalist and me being the the world-renowned, pretty much world-renowned in everything we do. Uh, <laughs> we weren't able to get together for the show last week, right, after, after, after the Bronco game, right? But we, we figured that that uh, that the um, the Buffalo game would make it, but more than make it up for it. And we, and we were writing about that. But if you recall, back when we did our last show, it, in my eyes, we were evaluating Sam Howell and the fact that he was, in fact, the quarterback of the Burgundy Eagle. And I said that whatever Sam Howell is, he's what we got right now. That's that's all we got. You got to accept him for what he is, because like you said, this is his second year, basically, right? He didn't earn. He didn't compete for the position. He was awarded the position. Like so many times happens in life. Sometimes people just give you stuff. And, and you know, it is what it is at that point, right? However, in the words of Stephen uh, A. Smith, however, I still think that, the coaching staff did not do enough to put these guys in a position to win. I'm not blaming the coaches because, as, as Jonathan Allen said this morning, he was talking to the junks, he said, hey, we got four number one draft picks on the line, which you and I have said on a lot of occasions, mm-hmm. we're supposed to get it done. And, and, and they didn't get it done. Now, Granted, they're talking. you talk about going up against a, a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. And and uh-huh. um and Allen, right? But but still two things to me said that this this team wasn't prepared. And it's not from the team's perspective, it's for the you got two people here. You got the preparer and you got the prepare Okay. I think the preparee <laughs> wasn't prepared because of the preparer. Two things. Okay. They won the coin toss. It's a cold, wet, rainy day. What do you do? You choose to kick off to the other team. First, thereby making your offense stand on the sideline in the rain. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was not football right there. And and somebody, we, we're getting too long, uh, caught up in the analytics of this thing and forgetting the game, right? Sam Howell standing in the rain in the cold. His <laughs> offensive line, standing in the rain in the cold, right? You know, you had a chance to just make Denver uncomfortable, Denver, Buffalo uncomfortable, right? You know, you, you could have done that. And if that didn't have any effect, who knows? Well, I know because I think it did. (laughs) That was the first thing. They never should have done that. They should have tried to make the Bills uncomfortable, make them stand in the rain, control the ball, control the clock. You know, some clock just make them stiff, right? Mm -hmm. The second thing, going forward on fourth and and two, that early in the game.
2: That was bad. That was really, really bad.
3: No reason for that. None. I've had people on Twitter say that was a criminal offense. Right. And, and, and the people I know on Twitter know about <laughs> criminal offenses. <laughs> what, were that, what were you trying to accomplish there? Mm-hmm. You know, you put points on the board. You got points on the board.
2: Right. Right. I've heard yeah. my good By friend, the way, Steve, points on the, the board in a game, like you said, a cold and rainy game where points, I don't know, might be hard to come by. And so if you're close enough to kick that field goal this early in the game, kick the field goal.
3: Kick the field goal. Like my friend Steve Zaber used to say, when you're going for it on fourth down, or when you go for the two-point conversion, what you always have to consider is, what happens if I don't make it? <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Right. And, right. and and there's nobody talking into this, this coach's ear. I'm I'm assuming that that was a Rivera call, right? I, you know, you you can't, you know, BNM can't have that kind of clout. Where they say, well, we're going for right. it because
2: we're going for it. Well, okay, it what said, the, we're going for it, yeah.
3: Right. Oh, even if he did, Rivera had to say, no, we're not. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know?
2: Right. Right, you know? yeah. One other thing from a scheme standpoint that stood out to me was, and again, he's an athlete, man. He's one of the top players in the league. But it seemed as if they, they schemed for uh, Stefan Diggs as if Stefan Diggs was a regular receiver. He was open a lot. Like, I mean, and, and, and I don't mean like, of course, he's going to get open. He's one of the best receivers. But, man, if I'm looking I'm, I'm look and I don't see anyone around him on several plays, I'm like, are, is any, are they are they, they going to play, you know, with two men on him? Like, what are they doing here? Because it didn't seem like whatever they were doing was not sufficient. And it didn't seem like to me, because I'm, I'm watching tape and I'm watching game tape, like there was any sort of scheme to try to compensate for his abilities. It's almost like they said, well, if he's going to beat us, he's going to beat us. And he, he <laughs> And it's just, just what happened.
3: Well, uh you, you know, I have been beating this drum for a long, long time. Another one of our deficiencies and it has been, you know, people have, have have blamed ownership for a lot of things. People have blamed lack of fan support, but we got to look at this 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 defense. We we have to look at the production you get from the guys you got. And and like I said, we got we got four number one picks on the defensive line, right? We got,
2: and I don't have any problem got, with the production with the production from the defensive line.
3: Well, I got a little problem, and that's only because if they can't dominate with their physical ability, there's nothing showing me that they're being used in different ways to 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 take advantage of what they got, right? You look at a you look at a guy like a. Uh, uh, Aaron Donald, for instance, a, a, a TJ Watt, guys that they'll, they'll move around on the line, have them in different, ha, yeah. coming from different, and you never know where they're coming from one play to the next. Not because like Chase and Sweat used to decide where they were going to go, yeah. but because yeah. they, they have schemes in place that utilizes their talent. These guys have not gotten any better since That's they've right. been here, and it's because they haven't been coached up. There's been no new techniques, and they just can't out physical somebody that they don't beat them. And you right. can't out physical somebody all the time, and you can't cry about being held because Aaron, you know what? Aaron Donald gets held oh, all the time, all the time. <laughs> right? You know, yeah. TJ Watts gets yeah. gets held all the time. JJ Watt used to get held all the time. The bosses get held all the time, but you know what? They're still productive, right? So mm-hmm. uh, the, the defense and their production is 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 going to be an issue to me as long as the people who sp- who are supposed to be making these guys better in place because they're not doing their job. They're just simply yeah. not doing their job. All
2: right. Well, I mean, again, I, you know, maybe, maybe my pass on the defensive line is because that seems to be the least area of concern when it comes to the defense. <laughs> where we can go linebackers, we can go secondary, we can go coaching. And, uh, you know, defensive line is the strength of the team. And, uh, you know, uh, so maybe that's why I tend uh, to give them um, a pass there. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Um, uh, I, again, the, uh, from my standpoint, the Bills, this game was a game that I had chalked up as a loss. Now, a 37-3 yeah, yeah, yeah. loss. I don't know if I was considering that, but a loss. <laughs> actually, Sunday morning going into the game, I, I consider that this could actually be a trap game for the Bills. You know, they, they have that blunder against the Jets week one. They kind of get things together against, you know, a Raiders team that, you know, the Raiders don't have anything going on this year. And and I'm thinking, you know, maybe they're coming in here thinking, OK, we've got everything right. We're going to coast. And then and then the commander sneaked them one. And that didn't happen at all. It wasn't even close. That was not going to happen at all on Sunday.
3: I don't know. I still think I, I think that there's things that you can do in the course of it. Well, before the game preparation and in the, in the course of a game, this thing I know, I, harp on this, I talk about this every day, but this thing about giving people the ball. That's the whole purpose of the game is you want the ball. When you're right. a defense, you're trying to get the ball, you know? Right. So why right. give it to them? Yeah. Why yeah. give them the ball? You know, start this up, in, right? This on You're alumni not that weekend. good.
2: And this is on Alumni Weekend uh, too, right? Yeah, this laws. I feel like bad yeah. things yeah. always yeah. happen have... on Alumni Weekend or weekends where they're
3: on. I would never invite the alumni back to the stadium. i just say, you guys can't come. <laughs> I'd take the name off the ring of honor. Something, right? But first <laughs> but, of yeah. all, they don't have any idea who the alumni are. But, they don't right. have any alumni, any idea. I don't know if I told you this story, but uh, uh, our friends at a, at a Federal News Radio, I was in studio one day, and uh, our, uh, our good friend Jason Miller and I were talking football. We were talking with some of the uh, young producers there on staff. He introduced me a guy who was a big football fan, and he said, uh, you know, Kevin used to work with John Riggins on John Riggins' TV show. And the guy said, yeah, that's great. And Jason looked at him and said... Do you know who John Riggins is? And the, the
2: kids say, no, not <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> not really. I have no clue who John Riggins is. I
3: have no clue. So this is what I'm saying. We have a bunch of alumni coming in, but these players have no idea who these guys are. <laughs> well, the reason they know Doug Williams is because he works there every day. They, know, <laughs> they, they might not even know. You know, I
2: think he's a, just done? a regular employee.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's just a dude, right? You know. So yeah, yeah. So alumni that day doesn't mean anything to these guys, right? You know. But I, I know that that being the case, that there's got to be there's got to be some. Some fresh new blood coming through this coaching staff, right? In, in terms of, I, I, I'm not going to fall, you know, enemy is playing the hand he's been dealt, right? You know, correct. Would I have called a couple of different plays? Yes. Would I have stuck more with Brian Robinson, who seems to be the most consistent, most effective weapon they have right now? Yes. Would I have given him the ball 25 times and keep it off of, uh, out of um, Allen's hands and the Buffalo offensive hands? Yes. I would have done all of the above. But that being said, they put up 39 points or whatever.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the I'm
3: pretty sure that next to Miami, that was the second highest point total in the league yesterday. And they ought to be dropping their knees and thanking God that Miami scored 70. That doesn't make them look so bad now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone else who lost, I mean, even Cowboys, fans, my poor cousin, Five Jenkins, I was talking to him about the Cowboys yeah. yesterday, and even even he was happy at the fact that, well, at least the Miami (laughs) Dolphins beat the mess out the Bills. And so that way, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at the scores. It looks like that 37 was the Well, no, Kansas City did put up 41 on the Bears. Other than that, yeah, that was the highest. Yeah, 70 and some change, I guess, with the Dolphins, 41. Uh, 70 with the Dolphins, 41 with the uh, Bears, and then 37 by Buffalo. Those are the okay. highest. Okay,
3: all right. Well, I apologize. You all only gave up 37 points.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, Kevin, uh, with, with me, the way I see this, you know, sometimes you can look you can look at a game and you think, we've got to adjust this, we've got to adjust that, we've got to change this, we've got to change that. Um, I'm not sure if this team has to adjust a lot. I think that, you know, and, and and I almost got sick of this term headed into this game. You know, measuring stick. It's going to be a measuring stick, measuring stick, measuring stick. <laughs> you know, it's, you know you, I, I feel like I feel like you know where you, you know where you are, right? You, know, you it, it, these guys are all professionals as far as coaches and stuff like that. They've been in the league. They know good teams. They play with great players. They know what this team is and what the team is and what the team is not. Um, so measuring stick, I don't know about that, but I do think in your plan of who you are, it almost reminds me of Colorado, like anyone who wants to make a, a huge deal about Oregon beating Colorado is ridiculous because everyone knows that color knows Colorado with coach prime and all the stuff that he brings, they're still not on the level of Oregon. He's trying to get to that level. Right. And so right, what do you right, do? Right. Continue to build your program until you get to that level. Like he said, get me now because this is the worst we're going to be. I almost feel that same way with the commanders that if I'm, so if I'm the Cowboys and I lose to the Cardinals, there's some, deep soul-searching that has to happen with that team. There's, there's some, there, that team's got to ask the question, are we going to burn out the same way we always burn out? Are we going to win double-digit games just to make the playoffs and maybe win a divisional round? But we're not going anywhere far. Or, or are we going to you know, continue to drop games against teams we should beat? Or, or, or are we going to do something about this and change things? There's got to be deep soul-searching there on the Cowboys' side. Um, with the Commanders, I'm, and I think the Bills had to do this after they lost to the Jets. The commanders, I'm not sure if this loss is, like, soul-searching time. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's, okay, we lost to it, if if we're going to be objective about it, lost to a team that's probably that much better than we are as a team, but we're building something, and we're going to move on to next week. Or am I crazy?
3: Well, I'm hoping the team, the players, aren't looking. I don't disagree with you, but I'm hoping that – the team isn't that comfortable with the loss that it becomes like an oh, well moment, like, uh, you know, oh, well, they're the Bills, we're just us because they have to really believe every time they step on their field that they can win the game, that they're perfectly capable of of beating the competition, right? You know, there's only X number of teams in the NFL, and they can't be that much better than us, right? If, if, if they don't think they could have won that game, there's no point in them all like watching the film or, 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 or analyzing or practicing or having meetings about it. They got to look at what they did wrong and see how they can improve. They can't.
2: Yeah, no, sure. But what I'm saying is your overall approach to what you're doing as a team and, like, that deep soul-searching conversation, I don't think that has to happen with the team. Like, the way I think it has to happen with Dallas.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that they, they definitely have to look at some of these positions, and guys ought to be worried about their jobs. <laughs> they got, okay. maybe everybody everybody should be soul searching, but the offensive line they got to be ashamed. I mean, they got. I mean, there's got to be some point of like like uh, professional pride or something that comes in. They look <laughs> at the film and say, "Man." Dude ran through us like you know spaghetti <laughs> sauce through a colander or something. <laughs> no, right? You know they got. I, like I said, I heard John Allen. You know, he said he was mad. You know, which at, at least he's saying the right things, right? Right. But right. But you know, uh, you know, the, the only thing that's keeping this from being a disaster to me is the fact that it was a non-conference game, right? And then in, in the scheme of things, it's something as tight at, as the uh, as the NFC East looks like it might be, uh, that that doesn't really matter. That's one of the last uh, tiebreakers, right? You know, when it comes to the record. But yeah, I think they should be concerned. I think that that the the hopes were high, and I think that if nothing else, it's a wake up call. They might not they might not sure. be soul searching, but maybe it was a slap in the face. They were reading too much of their of the press clippings after being two uh, and yeah, two and zero for the first time since. Moses part of the Red Sea, you know, but um
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> you know? about that, that point. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, so this is bad when you read your, your press clitters at 2-0. Yeah,
2: that's how you know. That's how you know it's pretty bad. No, you're, you're 100% right. Well, this is the Federal Football Report on Federal News Network. I'm Claude, he's Kevin. I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll be back on the other side with fake news or not.
3: Hey, this is Kevin Stanfield back at you with another installment of movie reviews of movies I haven't seen yet. This week's fabulous, but yet unseen, movie is the third of the Equalizer franchise, brilliantly titled Equalizer Three. This film, of course, stars Denzel Washington. You know, people often confuse me with Denzel, mainly because we're both old black dudes. Denzel is back in his role of Robert McCall, former CIA operative. McCall apparently held the agency record for killing the largest amount of people in the shortest amount of time. Hey, Denzel, what was that record anyway? Nine seconds. That's what you have to decide your fate. Nine seconds. Sounds like a pretty cool concept for the Game Show Network. In The Equalizer, McCall single-handedly took on the entire Russian mob. Now, I've seen this movie about 50 times. In the sequel, Equalizer 2, McCall is back, taking on street gangs and corruption inside the agency. I'm retired. Now, I've seen this one one and a half times which was one time too many. In this installment, Robert McCall moves to a small town in Italy, where he finally finds some peace. Cause we all know the small towns in Italy are the go-to place for brothers these days. However, this piece is short lived when Bobby McCall runs afoul of the local mafia. Now the Costa Nostra in Italy is playing with a significant home field advantage. By the way, have you noticed that everybody that's close to Denzel in these movies ends up getting their behind seriously kicked? I hope he keeps me off his Christmas list for the next one. Anyway, as we can expect, I think, Denzel ain't having it. Whatever it is that you and your friends do, please do it somewhere else. you warning me? I'm preparing. <laughs> this movie also features a film reunion between Denzel and a grown up Dakota Fanning.
1: Police found multiple dead bodies on that vineyard. Hmm. You kill him?
3: <laughs> I look like a guy who kills people.
0: I'm warming to the possibility.
3: <laughs> Too shit. You may recall that Denzel kilt up half of Mexico trying to avenge a kidnapped Dakota Fanning in Man on Fire. Hey, one thing we got to ask Denzel before we go. Somebody as smooth as you, what do you do to unwind after filming a movie like this? I still damage the odd fellow here and there, you know. Use some various utensils and devices to uh, administer proper uh, damage when when necessary. I know that's right. Put it all together, add it all up. I think you're looking at another blockbuster for director Antoine Fuqua, Sony Pictures, and of course, the great Denzel Washington. All in all, I think I'm really going to like this movie if I get a chance to see it. Thanks to the good folks at Sony Pictures for all the input. This is Kevin, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous installment of movie reviews for movies I
0: haven't seen yet. Hi, I'm Albert Pujols. And I'm Deidre Pujols. And we made it our mission to strike out slavery. Did you know that millions of people, many who are in vulnerable populations, are caught in this nightmare of violence, fraud, and coercion? And during a crisis like the pandemic, even more innocent people are at risk of falling victim to human trafficking. Sometimes we all take true freedom for granted. Freedom to live our life. The freedom to pursue our dreams. The freedom to watch and play baseball. But for far too many, basic freedom has been torn away, often violently and often targeting those most vulnerable among us. That's why we made it our mission to strike out slavery. And we're sending out an SOS, because freedom is worth fighting for. Join us, join baseball fans, join the fight against human trafficking. Go to strikeoutslavery.com. Every two minutes, a woman in the US is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that split second moment in time, her life changes forever. The toll of breast cancer is great. The need to support those who are battling the disease today is even greater. And that's why when others look away, Susan G. Komen leans in. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. Fighting Breast Cancer takes funding for research to discover the next new treatment, providing access to quality and affordable health care and people willing to take action by raising funds and raising their voice to advocate for others. United by hope, we can end breast cancer. Join our fight. Save lives.
2: Welcome back to the Federal Football Report. I'm Claude Jennings. He is Kevin Stanfield. And Kevin, it is America's favorite segment, Fake News or Not. It's time for Fake News or not, Not. Not, 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 not. not three not, statements not, coming not. out of Washington. Kevin's got to let me know whether it's fake news or not. Statement number one, there's no reason to question or panic about Sam Howe. He's going to be just fine. Fake news or not.
3: <laughs> you did it like you did it last week. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's, <laughs> a, like, there's a two part answer to this. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's news. There's no need to panic. There's mm-hmm. absolutely no news. It's fake news that he's going to be absolutely fine. <laughs> 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 no, we don't know. It depends on the type of dude that Sam Howell is. Because um, some of those things yesterday I saw, he definitely is holding the ball too long. Uh, I don't know if you can fix that, you know, unless you call plays for him. Because guys aren't going to be wide open. I mean, uh in, initially, they're not going to be wide open. Initially, right? That that's rare, unless now, unless uh, the enemy changes some things with the with the motion and, and the reads off the motion that Sam would, would know ahead of time from the read off the motion who should be open, and and they should be open coming off the motion. Man should be open, period, because he's, <laughs> right. he's behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> you know, there's nobody bumping him. Right, you know, um, and then after five yards, it's a 50-50 chance, right? There shouldn't be no, the only people who should not be open are the guys from the line of scrimmage to five yards out because they should be being bumped. And then you look at the wide outs. If, if the man is playing 10 yards off of them, let's tell the receivers to take two steps, turn around, Sam throwing the ball, and let them gain three yards. Right. Or, Or, this is a novel concept, you can turn around and hand the ball to the running back. <laughs> and you don't have to worry about it.
2: <laughs> Had a Believe. lot of success early running the ball and, and like we've talked about before, just tended to walk away from it.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's just something about it, man. You know, and I'll have to see if we can reach out uh through our many contacts to Eric and say, Hey, look, if you give the ball to the running back and he gains three yards, if he does that four straight times. <laughs> That's the first down,
2: bro. That's the first That's the down. First down.
3: <laughs> and I consider that a victory. So, to answer your question, I'm going to say it's it's news. There's no need to panic because really there's nothing we could do about it at that point. Even with <laughs> the troubles. Yeah. Did you think at any point yesterday that uh, that Rivera was going to pull Howell? Did you oh, think?
2: Oh, no. That- no, no, no. Not at all. I right. didn't think that at all. Yeah.
3: 'Cause he can't. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he can't. <laughs> right. Right. If he pulls he pull how he said, Okay, I'm I'm a, I'm an idiot. I should have done this. He can't, you know. It's just like him pulling Howard would be just like him looking back when he put Carlson Wentz in at the end of the season last year. when We had man. a shot. Yeah, yeah. You know, he he's you know, what do you mean we could have made the playoffs? He he cannot pull Howard now, so that's what we got. We yeah, might as well yeah, put,
2: yeah. put yeah. it well, all together. I thought about you Saturday night. I was watching the Ohio state Notre Dame game and mm. Ohio state's down. They need to get a touchdown. It's the last play of the game. I mean, what three seconds left, or maybe it was six or something like that. They're at the two. And, you know, I, I heard your voice in my ear saying, you know, not for college, but for in the pros, you guys get paid millions of dollars, I need one yard. And so I'm thinking <laughs> you guys are on scholarship, you go to, you get to play ball at Ohio state for free. And what did they do? Third down, they did try a pass. It was unsuccessful. Fourth down, last play of the game, they ran it and scored the touchdown and won again. Right.
3: right. Right, right. Because, because they the guys knew up front. You know, this is up to us, right? We took it upon ourselves. It's our responsibility. It's in our hands, right? You know. And you know, it's so it's so interesting. Back in my day, uh, offensive linemen didn't get any glory. You mm-hmm. know, except for except for like maybe the Hogs. I believe the Hogs the, the were the first offensive line that really came to the forefront, right? Because not so much because of the, they had the individual talent, it's because they played together, right? I mean, right. you had, we had, you know, you had Riggins, you had um, Joe Washington, you had um, uh, George Rogers, right? Yeah, Timmy Smith in the Super Bowl. You, you know, all those guys got the glory, but the offensive line got the glory too. But in this day and age of football, People can identify great offensive line play, and they really can identify poor offensive line play. So there's no reason in the world for an offensive lineman not to take it upon themselves to get that yard if you need that yard. Now, I will say this um, in this uh, uh, fantasy football, glory, stat-hungry, analytic age as well, people are past happy, and it's in these guys' mind their first step is to take a step backwards Instead of a step forward, so that's in the back of their heads too. We need some aggressive guys, even on pass protection, who go out and hit somebody, mm-hmm. and, and that's missing nowadays. And, and I know on our team it is, you know. But no, look, not, not in the college ranks, fortunately.
2: Well, fake news or not, uh, a statement number two: if this if this uh, defense does not show up against the uh, Eagles uh, next week, Del Rio's on the hot seat, fake news or not.
3: That's news. That's okay. news. Cause <laughs> one thing they keep showing is is uh the new owner of uh what's his name? Harris, yeah, Josh
2: Yeah, Josh Harris. Harris.
3: There's so many Josh's <laughs> around lately, right? Uh, I didn't Josh, know, right? Morris. You know? Yeah, yeah. So um they showed him up in the booth smiling and especially with the eagles because those are boys, right? Because of the 76ers. Mm-hmm. She probably knows all these guys. Him and the owner of the Eagles. Right? Uh, what's his name? Jeff Lurie? Is that his name? Is he yeah. still the owner of the Eagles? Right? Yeah. They probably both, you know, they they probably hanging out watching basketball together. Of course they're watching basketball. They got owns of the team. How cool is that? I own a professional basketball team and the professional football team. And a team. football team. <laughs> that's
2: a that's a boss move. That's a boss move. How cool
3: now, I don't know about you, but I need to be one of these dude's boys. You know, like, yeah. hey Kevin, yeah. what you doing? Wanna come over and watch the game? Yes. Uh, who's at your house? <laughs> Not at my house, man. Come over.
2: <laughs> Why in the world would we go to my house? We're
3: gonna do it at the game. And watch the game. How cool would that be? So oh, yeah, yeah I, I think it's gotta be some point where um there's gonna have to be some accountability and, and if if, if uh, Rivera won't step up to the plate because I know it's his boy, you know. But you know what? You've gotten your boy paid for five years. How long has mm-hmm. he been here, man? Mm-hmm. Your boy has gotten a, a paycheck for five years. If it's really your boy, he'd step down, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so I'm you know? not
2: going to take if, the ship down with me.
3: <laughs> that's right. If it's if it's really your boy, let him step aside. He's gotten enough check. What more does he want from us, right? You know. But <laughs> it's it's obvious to me that that he should he should definitely. Definitely be on the high seat, but it, it um, you know, it's, it's so weird that doing every game, win, win or, or lose, there's always some point where our defense is leaving a guy running wide open in the middle of the field. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: <laughs> weird. There's somebody's and always, then, yeah.
3: Yeah, defensive play is holding what? You know, every play, right? You know, every series, <laughs> every game. I mean, so yeah, something has to be done. That is definitely news. He's on the hot seat, and if if he's not on the hot seat, I would personally take a hot plate over to uh, <laughs> Commanders Park and make him and sit on it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fake news or not, statement number three. We'll stick with defense. Chase Young. Uh he's 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 I won't say he's back, but pretty much on track to be who we thought he was gonna be that rookie season. Fake news or not.
3: I think that's fake news. I think it's okay. fake news. One thing I'm very happy about is he doesn't seem to be playing not to get hurt. I, right. I think that I think that um that he is beyond that. He's worked his way through that. And I don't know how many of you have ever been hurt before. <laughs> <laughs> It ain't fun. You know, no, being, no. you know, being hurt, having surgery, those, two, those couple of things are, are, are not fun. Uh, if you don't and, – and, and these
2: guys don't want to sit on the sidelines. They want to play. They don't want to sit on the They shoot. want to play.
3: Yeah. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, and I've heard several professional athletes say this. When when you're hurt, you don't even feel like part of the team because you're not mm-hmm. with the team. You have a separate regimen. And even it gets so bizarre, even so that, you know – Athletes are very superstitious a lot of them. Some players they don't even want to be around you because they think being around the hurt player they can catch
2: it. Them, get can, get <laughs> yeah,
3: well, I mean that's the way it is. That's just the way it is. Some,
2: some players they'll get injured and like go through like depression and stuff because you know they don't like you said they don't feel a part of the team. They don't feel a part of right. what's going on. And and that's a and there's an emotional and psychological part to recovery that has to happen for a lot of guys.
3: Yeah, I, I I'm I'm thankful. I'm hopeful that uh, what Deron Payne went through in his contract year showed Chase that it could be done and that the team will reward him for performance. Um, he's going to have to do better than he did Sunday, though, because, like like you know, we said, four number one picks, right? <clears throat> and he was, what, number two overall or whatever it was, right? You know, you got to show me. <laughs> you got to show me and show the world and show whoever. You know, this is for your job, right? It's not just... Mm-hmm. So you get to play. You have an opportunity to get that contract you wanted. I mean, it's a business for the players, too. Hey, it's time to put up or shut up, you know, not yeah. just one game and, and, you know, when it's stirred down, waving your hands at the crowd to cheer louder. No, you <laughs> give me something to cheer about, right? Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> and we like all the theatrics, but at some point we've got to do, you know, we got to do more than just Yeah,
3: at some point you've got to do your job.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's fake news or not. Coming up uh, in the next segment. Hold up. Time to- out. Time oh, out. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: That was only two.
2: No, we did We did Del Rio, we did Young, we did, and we did yeah. Sam Howe.
3: Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. looking for some more news. I'm See, just, that, look, we, that did, we didn't do the show last weekend, yeah. we didn't do it last weekend, <laughs> and all this stuff back, back, uh, backed up. But I do have a couple of things to talk about on the other side. I know you do, yeah. too. But one, I got a, I got a Mike Tirico update.
2: Oh, do you? Yes. Okay. Yes, indeed. Okay. And you've also got a new YouTube channel we're going to tell everybody about. Um, talk about and we'll it. preview The Eagles coming up on the Federal Football Report.
1: The future depends on teachers. Every day, teachers are shaping our tomorrows, starting their students on journeys that will change the course of history. Right now, in a classroom somewhere in the United States, there's a teacher inspiring a future scientist who will make preventing pandemics their life's work, sharpening the mind of an aspiring environmentalist who will help combat climate change. And generating possibilities for a student who will be the first in their family to graduate college. It all starts with teachers who meet challenges with creativity, who reinvent education for the future, who work towards a school system that lifts up every child, regardless of race, income, or zip code, and who enable the full potential of our students, our communities, and our country. Explore a career that leaves a legacy you can be proud of. Shape the future. Teach. Learn more and receive free support at teach.org.
3: Hey everybody, it's David and Nikki Nellis for Foodie and the Beast, the DC area's one and only food and wine variety show right here on 1500 AM. You want to know what's going on at the local restaurants, what the local chefs are doing and saying, except for the French chefs I can never understand them, the vineyards, wine seminars, more. It's all right here
2: on Foodie and the Beast. Every Sunday morning at 11, right here on 1500 AM. Welcome back to the federal football report. I'm Paul Jennings. He's Kevin Stanfield. Kevin, you have a Mike Tirico update. Well, first give us a yes, reason I know. we need uh, even need a Mike Tirico update. Then give us. Okay. The
3: uh, all right. One of the, one of the dark story, dark chapters of my life, right? You know, back in the Tony Kornheiser days, the ESPN radio, uh, uh, you know, I, the way that worked was, you know, Tony, Andy Poley, and, and I were here in the Washington, D.C. studios, and we sent the uh, show via phone line to Bristol, Connecticut, where the ESPN satellites were, where they went all over the world, right? Now, it turns out that one day, uh, Tony was there, and we had uh, Mike Tirico sit in as as the host that day, the, the fill-in host. And I'd never met Mike Tirico. I've seen him. You know, back then he was doing, uh, this was way before he started doing the the Sunday Night Football, you know, doing some golf stuff and some things. You know, I knew of him, but I didn't know him. So the first thing Tirico does when he came in on the air, he started making, making jokes about me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? I mean, you know, it wasn't anything harmful. It was fun, yeah. playful jokes, but I wasn't ready. And I pride yeah. myself on being sort of quick, you know, with the, yeah. with the touche in my repertoire,
2: you know, yeah.
3: like playing tennis, right? You know, he got me with the serve, right? And yeah. I wasn't able to, to, to volley the at return all. Return
2: it, yeah.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, I wasn't able to return it. So, you know, and this was, oh man, this was 20 years ago. So for 20 years, I've been waiting for a chance <laughs> to get Rico back. You know, I know I'm supposed to be forgiven, but that's the one thing in my, in my repertoire I haven't been able to forgive, and that was not getting Rico back. Mm-hmm. Now, come to find out that in my, one of my endeavors, I do uh, consulting for this uh, a hotel in the Washington area in terms of their audio or visual for conferences. I, I set it up. You know, I, I make the orders right, so on and so forth. Come to find out that next week, Oh. On, on, uh believe it's Thursday. One game, whatever, the NBC broadcast is originating from here. It's either the Sunday night game or another game. And they're having their pre-production meetings at my place of business.
2: Get out of here. So it might be the Thursday night game. I think the Commanders played the Bears that Thursday night, October 5th.
3: Well, whatever. Tariko's making the call, and it's on okay. NBC. <laughs> I'm not sure. Whatever it is. But... Okay. Anyway, Tarika's going to be in town. I'm going to be. I was looking forward to it. I was going to stand and wait for him to come into the room. <laughs> Mike, you don't remember me.
2: Uh-huh, <laughs> but take uh-huh. this,
3: take that, right? Because yeah, I'm jokes. have here. all
2: these shots at him. <laughs>
3: yeah, until security pulled me out, right? Mm-hmm. Come to find out I'm not going to be in town. Ah,
2: oh, Kevin, <laughs> almost, you've been waiting 20 years. I've been you waiting have to... 20
3: years, but I'm going to be in Las Vegas next week for a reunion. And I was seriously considering flying back from Las Vegas for this one <laughs> hour.
2: <laughs> and,
3: well, Meeting with Rico.
2: Flights are cheap to Vegas. They're not that expensive to go, yeah, you, know, you know, from Vegas, uh, and they're direct flights from BWI. D-
3: so. Direct flights, direct flights. You know, I'm right across, you know, downtown, right across the river from National Airport. Uh, right. You know, I'm seriously considering that, but I might have to. Let, it might be another twenty years before I get a shot at Rico. We should
2: again. do some sort of fake IDs, and I'll pretend to be Kevin Stanfield, and then you can just tell uh, me what you want me to tell him, and I'll say okay. it for video. We can
3: work that out. We can <laughs> work that out. But, but it's like, you know, I had, I had it all. You know, the taste was in my mouth right you know mm-hmm. I, it, it was you know i just like i said i was ready for the backhand sir volley whatever right yeah yeah, yeah. But it ain't gonna happen <laughs>
2: right. all right well you have to wait for another 20 years and we'll try another to 20 out years can, man how we can get you to get your revenge oh by the way um tell everybody about your youtube channel the new thing you've got going on
3: well also back from the house days this is for the the later uh uh Incarnation of the show when back when I became a world renowned movie reviewer, uh, a friend Mark Stern was a little bit tardy in giving me my credentials, so I couldn't go to the screenings. Mm -hmm. So I had to do the movie reviews without having seen the movies. (laughs) And 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 (laughs) look, we've said it before. Anybody can review a movie after they've seen it, But it took a special skill, right? You know, I don't make this all about me, but this was all about me. But uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, with the encouragement of people like yourself who said, man, you ought to do this more often. We decided to go ahead and uh, put it on a YouTube channel and put these out. Uh, We're going to start putting them out once a week, depending on how good the movies are hot oh, mm-hmm. man, whatever, and uh, make them a regular uh, feature. We're gonna uh, 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 do them uh, on the show as, as commercials, and uh, we're gonna so we're gonna get people to uh, take mm-hmm. a listen. Uh, what you gotta do is subscribe, though. That's mandatory. That's what yes. people do on YouTube. They tell me you gotta subscribe. Tell your grandmother. Yeah, check that check
2: that bell so you can get notifications every time Kevin posts a new one and watch it. Yeah, you wanna do it. that. Because
3: it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I mean, sometimes after I do the reviews, I don't really want to see the movie. I feel like I know everything about it. Right? <laughs> Which would defeat the purpose.
2: Which would defeat the purpose, yes. <laughs> so, I'm telling you, it's so funny. Kevin already did one episode. You've heard it here on the show during commercial breaks. I love that concept. And I think well, it's, thank you, thank you. It's, it's the funniest thing on YouTube. I absolutely love it. You guys got to check it out. Okay, so before we go, Kevin, uh, the Eagles. Uh, commanders going up to Philadelphia. Here's 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 what here's all I'm saying, people. When I looked at the schedule, I thought, you know what? After five games, best case scenario, I'm looking best case scenario outside of like a miracle, not even a miracle, but like a I, <laughs> I, I saw three and two, and after this week, I see three and two, and I'm not going to be mad about it. Like I think the team is on schedule, so I, I see a loss to Philadelphia, and to me, it it, it, it isn't going to matter how bad the loss is. I mean, you don't want to go up and look like trash, but you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at a, a loss to the Eagles in Philadelphia Sunday afternoon, and the team will be 3-2 and two just like I thought they'd be. With losses to Buffalo and to Philadelphia, there are worse teams to lose to, like the Arizona Cardinals who the Cowboys lost to. Kevin, what do you think?
3: I, I'm thinking I need to see competitiveness. I need to see these guys playing like this is the most important game in the world because it's a division game and because the owner is, is, I don't know where he's from, but he owns a good piece of Philadelphia, you know? They, They have to be playing to impress the guy in the box, right? You know, I, I, and we'll see what these guys got in them because some of these guys got that fight in them. I know Brian Robinson got the fight in them. Terry McCord mm-hmm. and John Dodson got the fight in them, man. Uh, uh, Deron Payne has the fight in him. Cam Carroll has the fight in them, right? I, I got to see if the rest of these guys got that, if they're willing to just lay it all out on the line. And, you know, even in defeat. Right. I mean, you can't. I heard John Thompson say you can learn nothing by losing, but <laughs> I want them to just to to not be satisfied with a with a close win or a, a or a close loss. I don't want to be satisfied. I want them to to show me they really want it as much as I do. Yeah, <laughs> they it got out. to yeah. show me that. And if they show me that, I'll be happy. If they show me that, if they leave that game believing they could have won it, I'll be happy. Because I think that they can win it. I legitimately think because well,
2: – they beat the Eagles last year uh, in FedEx, and the team was much worse last year than
3: they are yeah. now. Yeah, truth be told, that was a fluke. And I'm saying this as a fan. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fluke. The biggest play of the game, that game, was uh, Jalen Hurts hit somebody with a deep pass, and our defense came up behind and knocked the ball out of the guy's hand. And that kept the Eagles from winning the game, right? That that was a fluke. And I'll say it, and I'll say, yeah, yeah, okay. We'll take the victory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but they'll take the victory. Mm -hmm. But that was a fluke. But I will say this as well. The Eagles should have won the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Their their defense let them down. They still have to, you know, they got a different – explain this to me. The guy who lost the Super Bowl, the defensive coordinator, now coaches the Cardinals, he got a job. I'm right. losing <laughs> the Super Bowl. Is there, that, like, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is that justice? I, <laughs> is that justice? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah.
2: Show right. me, yeah, I think and the enemy, the guy who's off the coordinator of the team that beat his defense, did not get a head coaching job. Yeah.
3: Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And, and he, he maybe has something to prove. I certainly hope so. I certainly yeah. hope so. I think this is going to be a, a, one of the best games we've seen from this team, win or loss. Win or lose, this will be one of the best games we've seen for this team in a couple of years. I yeah. really believe that. I, I believe that uh, that the uh, I didn't think the new ownership mattered. I think it really matters in this game. Mm-hmm. I think that these guys are personally involved. I think that at, at some point, those guys that were crying about being able to be working with them so hard, <laughs> they're gonna start crying about that we're not working hard enough. You know, mm-hmm. so, uh, mm-hmm. it's going it's no. gonna have to be attitude
2: going to be attitude. It's going to have to be attitude. As, as our good friend Doc Walker said, violence, <laughs> man game. That's right. That's right. i going to have to that's see right. that Sunday. Well, this is always a man show. Well, men and women, you know, it's all about that's attitude. Right. You know, we love the ladies that listen to the show. We love the fellas. It's all love here on the Federal Football Report. That's know?
3: right. Like, love some violence. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll be back next week to talk more about love and violence on the, the Federal right. News Network.